growing expectations for managers, male or female, to perform in all areas of their life. You have to be a good mother and you have to be a good manager. Uh, mm. The same goes for fathers. That was 20 years ago, it says, okay, you go and earn the money. I take care of the rest. I think it's challenging to be good in all areas of your life. And that puts people under stress and that might create burnout. This is Three People in Your Head, a podcast about getting the best out of yourself and others. Co-hosted by Matt Taylor and myself, John Fleming. In this episode, we speak with Torsten Geck, who is a teaching and supervising transactional analyst in the organizational field. He's a freelance consultant for developmental work with organizations, leadership training, conflict resolution, and coaching. And in our discussion, we talk about the challenges of working from home and the way organizations and managers can adapt to supporting workers in this new COVID-19 context. Torsten, thank you so much for joining us again on Three People in Your Head. Maybe you could go ahead by giving us a bit of detail about yourself, who you are, what you do, your roles, responsibilities, that kind of thing. Well, that's quite a lot. First, thank you, Matt, <laughs> for having me again. I like your invitation to talk about TA in these times. Um, yeah, and I can tell a little bit about myself. So first, I'm from Germany, so sometimes I'm looking for words, but I do a lot of international work for my TA groups, and that is my main job. I'm a TSTA in the organization field, yeah. and I'm working as a consultant for organizations, and I'm working with organizations, and I'm doing leadership training, and linked to that, I'm doing coaching. Right. And this goes back quite a time, I have to say. I started in the early 90s and became a freelancer in the beginning of the 21st century, actually three months before the attacks were in New York, which affected the work heavily at that time. But it's 20 years ago, so I established my business in these three areas. And so what's your journey then in terms of getting to where you are now? How did you come across TA initially? Um, During my studies in psychology, I was working in a hospital and I had this a conversation with patients, they said, usually I cannot sleep. So I started into, so we want to have a pill. And no, I don't want to have a pill. So shall I open the window or something like that? And then someone said to me, this is a little bit like a yes, but came in. That sounds interesting. What's that? So my first experience of TA was the book of Burn Games People Play. And I was immediately intrigued about what is going on between people. Right. So... After I finished my studies in psychology and went to into a company, I decided I need additional background for what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my first encounter of TA, working with patients who actually wanted something else than just a sleeping pill. Mm. Right. And then you decided that working within an organization was going to be your thing. How did it work that you brought TA into that? Yeah. Well, first, my, my decision was um, I worked a lot in hospitals and wanted to go into New York psychology, which was very hip at that time. Mm -hmm. And I think it still is. And then I decided, no, let me do something different. I find it sometimes stressful just to work with patients. I think I was not made for that. Might be different today. But I wanted to work with people in groups and decided to go for human resources. 
Mm. Right. And the training department. So when was that again? Was that 20, 30 that years ago? It was 92. Okay. So you were going for kind of what maybe would have been called industrial psychology was a common name back then. Yeah, yeah. industrial psychology, that's right. They were looking always for new stuff in order to understand the dynamics of the teaching or the learning situation. And yeah. I found TA useful in that way. So we brought that in, a different approach in teaching what they had to teach. There are not so many degrees of freedom. So that was an exciting start in my job with TA. Brilliant. And what would you say in terms of your development within TA? What is your area of expertise? My area of expertise is focusing on the efficiency of the system. So can we support the system to improve its efficiency in these processes, in the communication with employees, in teams, with the customer? Can we clarify roles and boundaries? So in the organizational field, we work with the system as the client. Right. Not, I would say like in psychotherapy, where we focus on an individual, probably. So that yeah. would be my expertise. And um, what is it about the TA then that makes that work well? First, I would say uh, TA has concepts which can be easily grasped. Yeah. So in organizations, they are not TA groups. It's not the time to teach TA. It's probably the time to live TA and work with them on a basis of TA. It's not about you have to learn ego states or you have to learn roles. But TA offers, um, in the beginning, easy and pragmatic meanings and words and terms and concepts, which can be understood by the participant who's going back then in his daily routine and try to manage his workplace. So I think that is the strength of TA here. It's that word accessibility that always comes up, the way in which we can grasp those concepts. What sometimes are difficult concepts, TA seems to give yeah. them a, an easy way of understanding. And the range, I want to add, the range of what is going on with me as an individual and what is going on with me as an individual in the workplace and probably in the end, what is going on in our organization. So we have a range. TA has a range to offer in how to apply these interlocking concepts for the daily work. Mm, that yeah. is what I find still fascinating. Mm. You say that leadership training is one of your areas mm. of expertise. What does it mean to train up a leader? What do you look for? What do you facilitate? Yeah, well, Matt, you know, TA is based on a contract. So sometimes people say this is what we want to have in our leadership training. Mm. And then, of course, there are degrees of freedom. I started with social skills. So what has TA to offer in terms of getting along better? with others. So by learning to use all areas of experience, uh, thinking and feeling and behavior, how can that be integrated? How can we phrase things in a way that people are feeling okay? And yeah. nowadays, it is more about, I think, leaders under a tremendous pressure. They have to deal with the needs of the employees, with the challenges of their own management. Um, they're always shifting expectations from the outside so how can they all manage that first for themselves yeah. so then we will talk about resilience or for their team so how can they be a secure base for their team in times which are especially right now in the covid situation tremendously pressing and demanding and challenging 
Yeah. When you say resilience, because that's a word that is used a lot in mindfulness training, it's used a lot in terms of emotional resilience or emotion regulation. For leaders, my understanding is over the last 20 or 30 years, the pressure on leaders in the workplace has ramped up on a lot of employees in work generally. What is it that you do in your training that helps to develop that resilience? My training is experiential. So I start with what is, let's say, a question or an issue which comes from the workplace yeah. so where they can relate to. And they have a lot to share. That is often why they come into training. They want to share. They want to see themselves and the others. Yeah. They want to see that they're not the only one with that issue. So yeah. the group in itself has some you know, potentials for healing and getting back strength. But we start with issues from their own workplace. And then we go to the bit, what does it mean for them? So where is the challenge? Right. Where can they cope? Where it's difficult to cope? What is the stress for them? So what is the meaning? And then we move on to how do they make meaning of what is going on and what went well in terms of solution? And then I'm offering a concept. We're going from my own experiences, their own experiences to a bit of theory, which might be helpful in order to solve an issue or approach a problem. And then they can work out in the training uh, the next steps when they're going out of the workshop, back to their daily routine, what are they going to do? Right. So that would be my approach. Um, it's, very, it's very open. So, of course, for the company, I have to write a program. And in the program, we have like Fanita, English, three-cornered contract, we have a lot of options. And I'm using more of the options and the degrees of freedom than I did in the beginning of my career. Mm. Right. And have you found that that's changed a lot over the years, the way in which you offer your services? Yes, I think so. But the needs of leaders are different than 10 years ago, 15 years ago. They wanted to have more management, more structure. Nowadays, they need to find a structure from the trainer. Nowadays, they need to find time to sort out what is going on there in their workplace. Right. So that leadership training is, it's like a vessel for what's on my mind in my situation. And of yeah. course, if it's a leadership training, it has a theme like resilience or management or conflict. But in that, sometimes people coming up with something which is emerging at the moment and is not related to the theme of the workshop, but we can deal with that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever find yourself in situations where people are pouring their heart out, where they're looking to you to solve their problems or their personal issues? Does that ever arise? It does. And there's a chance of that people see how demanding the workplace is. And then my job is to arrange a setting where they not pour out everything because that would be a little bit unprotected for them. Yeah. They have to work on the second day. They meet these people again, probably. So we find something which is focused on what would be good for you in the here and now. Mm. You know, that term from TA that what adult is doing, that adult ego state. So focusing on the here and now, what are my options? What do I need right now? And then probably in the end, I give a hint. So you can see an expert about that. Yeah. So if it's about, yeah. if I say it's probably about depression or, or burn out, or whatever we call it, I make a recommendation. But in the group, it's about how can they be protected in the group? Mm, yeah. And TA in a learning group, not a TA learning group, in a learning group, yeah? Yeah. With other professionals. 
You mentioned the word burnout. And again, that's something that I'm hearing a lot, that professional or leadership burnout, executive burnout. Do you think this is to do with people's social pressures outside of work? Or do you think it's more to do with the situations in work? I was for quite a time, I was thinking, okay, burnout, what's that? Probably it's depression, but we call it burnout for managers. So they can feel good about being depressed. But in 2019, the WHO said, okay, burnout is now officially a disease. So I needed to think around, around that bit. So that is probably something which is connected to the workplace, but I don't think so. It's not only connected to the workplace. I think that is about the growing expectations for managers, male or female, to perform in all areas of their life. You have to be a good mother and you have to be a good manager. Uh, Mm. The same goes for fathers. That was 20 years ago. It says, okay, you go and earn the money. I take care of the rest. But nowadays, men want to be good fathers. And then it becomes, I think it's challenging to be good in all areas of your life. And that puts people under stress and that might create burnout. Mm. When I'm looking at the working situation, I would say this constant need or the fantasy that we constantly have to be available and that our areas of life, private and professional needs to exist in the same space, that creates a lot of pressure and might result in burnout. Mm. Deeply exhausting. Yeah, having run our own business for 17, 18 years now, the melding of those two worlds together can be really difficult to work with sometimes. I can understand that. And we just have a very small business. Why do you think it is that over the last 20 years, there's been this increase in pressure then to get it all right? Or what's been the change? My assumption is when we're going back in time, I think it was more accepted that there was a family was split in the tasks. So I'm doing the household, you're doing the job, the professional job in the company. And that that was accepted. But I think people are missing something. So probably men missing to be a part of the family, not just earn the money for the family. And women probably miss that there could be growth and development outside of that space of a family. So I think we have the need to expand ourselves in various areas at the same time. These are very areas with different challenges and that probably is exhausting or just demanding, I'm not sure. Yeah. And so from a TA perspective, what does TA have to say that you think can be beneficial? Well, the role theory, I think for me, the biggest development in that is how it is linked to what we would see as personality in TA, the ego state, how that can be easily linked together or transformed also when it comes to certain things. The role, the idea that we present ourselves differently in different environments, that is not a new one. Um, Goffman talked about it, the self-presentation in modern life, but that idea is not new. But the idea that is more and more linked to personality and that we can find in TA answers to why people behave differently in different areas. That is, I think, a major achievement of role theory Yeah, for me. I just wanted to ask if there was a particular sector that you focus on working in, or do you just work wherever people inquire from? Or do you, do you have a, an area of business like, you know, manufacturing or pharmaceuticals or IT 
like if you have a particular preference or, or is it wherever the, the, the work comes from? It's mainly wherever the work comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I had a conversation many years ago with a headhunter who was uh, looking for someone to fill in a job. And he said, well, I wouldn't put you in, in manufacturing. And I said, okay, uh, because I was working in insurance at that time. And then I found out I have a lot of clients in manufacturing yeah. right now. Insurance <laughs> makes the money. So yeah. whatever that is. So to answer your question, John, I'm not focused on a specific branch or a specific okay. kind of work. Yeah. I have insurance. I work with manufacturing, advertising. I'm not have don't have, have a specification or yeah. focus. Yeah. I think there are pros and cons to be uh, expert in one branch. I think mm-hmm. there's you know what's going on, you know the market, you know the development, big technologies. However, TA provides, shall I say, meta theory or a broader concept to understand the systems and the structures. Mm-hmm. And the consultant who's curious about his client and the client system decides for not knowing about the structures in the beginning. So he or she can inform himself or herself about how do I look, what is emerging for me when I'm being in contact with that system, what's going on. So we offer ideas about the structures and dynamics instead of, okay, this is what's going on in your branch and in your specific. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the pro of TA. And I understand the con that if you're working in too many areas, you probably, it's not able to be always up to date. That might Mm. be, yeah. But the clients are, the clients are up to date. They know their stuff. Exactly. So if you ask them about what's their challenge, what's their pressure and how they cope with it, we get a lot of information. And I guess sometimes too much knowledge means you are assuming things that aren't necessarily occurring in that particular space. Yeah, I agree with that, Matt. I think that goes with Burns' idea of, okay, free your mind before you go into the therapy group. So you go without any prejudice, without any ideas of what will go on. You just go in and see what's going on there. So if you're an expert, you think you know all of it before you go into the group. Yeah. That could be a limitation. Yeah, you go in with a bias. Yeah. Yes, there's a bias. yeah. 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 I know how to do that. Yeah. With the current situation and the coronavirus outbreak, when it comes to the new challenges that everybody's facing, what makes TA relevant in these new circumstances? The challenge right now is that people are confined in a space and have to deal with all the stuff in the same space. So they have to work in one room and that room serves various functions. So there is where role theory is kicking in. So how can I create psychologically boundaries for what's going on in the same space, the office and to play with the children and all that stuff. The other bit is that I think we have that situation that people need to be in contact and they have to do it remotely. So many people miss that spontaneous encounter of the other person. So even if you want to have a Zoom call, you have to say, let's have a Zoom call. So this dropping in at the coffee station uh, in the breakout room, not in the Zoom breakout room, but in the breakout room in the office, that is where spontaneity and creativity emerges. And that's quite a challenge right now. You talked about spontaneity. creativity. Yeah, and creativity. And so if you're working with companies that are finding that the creativity has been affected by people being isolated in their own homes. Mm-hmm. What kind of suggestions do you have there? Do you have uh, systems and ideas in place or theories that you think might help? Yeah, well, 
Looking from a leadership perspective, there are things that leaders can do and should do probably different if they are leading a remote team. How to manage the contact. It's a conscious decision to talk to someone on the phone and saying, this is not about business. I just want to hear how you're doing today, how you're doing with homeschooling and the work and all that stuff. So that is meeting people outside of that idea, okay, a Zoom meeting or a Skyping or whatsoever is about the business. And I think right. many people do that. What I encourage people to do is everyone has a smartphone and everyone has the opportunity. I think at least in our country, people can go outside. So I said, okay, you can talk to your colleague, but you don't have to sit at your desk. You can have a walk in the park and talk to that person. And the other person is doing that as well. So you can walk together via FaceTime, but you walk in the park and talk about business if you like. So that sitting in front of the screen the whole day, I think that is it's exhausting for people. Yes. Just a small bit of going to change the environment. Right. Switch things up. Yeah, that's a great encouragement. And I love the idea of the softer skills of the leader to make sure that she is being in contact for more than just the yeah. business function. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an additional effort right now for leaders because how I experience leaders and how I think it is in companies, they're dropping in and you have a cough, you have that small exchange, but then it's about the business. And the other bit is emerging spontaneously just because there's the mood. But we have that technology, which is a wonderful technology, but there is a layer which cuts us from spontaneity. Right. It has to be prepared and we don't know if the internet connection is working and then someone is walking behind the person on the screen. So all that stuff uh, needs to be taken care of. And accounted for. What do you love most about TA? What is it that you find most compelling, especially in your field of hmm. work? I think I already mentioned that I found TA has to offer concepts which can be easily explained on the surface so that can people move on and they are not simplistic. These are not... One of my TA trainers said, TA is easy but not simple. Yeah. And I think that's it. There is, that's a profound theory and has depth to offer, depth which affects us in our existence as well. You know, we have that social level, we have that psychological level, we have also that existential level which is so challenged and so much prominent right now. So this is, TA has probably not all the answers, but has good questions around it. So this is what I like. It's easy, sometimes easy to explain, but it's profound. And that goes for all bits. It goes for all fields, I would say. It goes for education as counseling and psychotherapy at my field organization as well. Great. And what's your favorite piece of theory? Well, we the mentioned... World? Yeah, we mentioned roles, and I have to say I love uh, to teach group dynamics. Yeah. Because TA is so original about group dynamics, has so much to offer. It's a shame that the original book about Byrne is so, it's difficult to read, but it's right. worth to read. But that would be group theory. What is it about Byrne's group theory that is so important or different from other theories that you've come across? What do you find compelling about it? I found the bridge in that theory about me, the individual, and me, the individual in the group. So many group theories focusing on the group as the whole system, and that is a valid perspective, and TA has that as well. But when we go with that specific bit about Imago, 
theory. So what is the group in my mind as an individual that is so insightful when people understand that they have a different perspective on the group than the others in the group? And where are the lines of power or where the center of attraction, all that stuff, whatever, it can be explained. I think that is original TA. I think other theories do not have to offer that specific bridge. Right. So it's mm-hmm. taking it from the individual and the group and the combining of those two things. Yeah. 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 And it is so true that you can have a large group of people and two individuals will see the group or perceive the group or experience the group completely differently. Yeah. And I also like the idea that the group, the system has a huge impact on us as individuals. So working with a company for a long time as a consultant, you become a little bit of part of the company. And if you're working in a company, the company very easily becomes a part of you. So TA has something here to offer for explanation, for insight, and then if needed, for change. Yeah. We were talking to another TA organizational professional, and he was saying that he found it quite useful to have different kinds of groups to be working with at the same time. He said, because once you get too involved, you then, what he described as swallow the culture, and then you're in it and you don't notice it as clearly, or you can't see it as clearly as if you're working on the outside. Mm. I agree. And that would be an argument for not to be specialized on Mm. uh, branches. Yeah. 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 Being more of a generalist than a specialist. Yeah, Yeah. probably. Mm. What's your ideas around TA and how well known it is? Because one of the reasons we started the podcast is we felt like for such a wonderfully rich model and map of how humans work, there's just not that many people that know about it. What's your experience like in Germany and your thoughts on why it's not better known? Maybe it is better known in Germany. So what's your thoughts on that? I have the same impression like you have, Matt and John. It could be known better. I think TA is not very good in presenting itself as a consistent theory. I think there is a little bit of don't belong in the script of TA. Okay. Or a little bit be rebellious. (laughs) And it is known. It is known. People know that. But they often remember it's, okay, there's the thing about parent, adult, and child, isn't it? So they remember the three circles. And the three circles, they are great. But in organization, it's not about learning three circles. It's about understanding who am I in the system and how do I make an impact in that system or how do I contribute? So our logo, the three circles, I think is also a barrier of becoming better known as a powerful theory or a map of concepts which can be used. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Public relation, I think we're not strong on public relation. Yeah. 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 Yeah, somebody else was making a very similar point when we spoke to them recently, uh, Thorsten, in relation to how people remember TA, not for TA, but for a particular model. And they told us this joke. I can't remember uh, who the other person was, but it was like Eric Byrne was on a flight and the person said, oh, you're a transactional analyst. And he said, oh, that's parent, adult, child. And he said, "I'm I'm an astronomer. And Eric Byrne said, oh, yeah, that's Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Yeah. yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> it's very true. And actually, one of the things that you said that I thought was fascinating is that it's changing. The mm. theories within TA are constantly evolving and constantly mm. changing. And there's a possibility that that in itself means that it's harder for people outside of the TA world to latch on to a particular idea of what TA is about. And it's, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mm. wonder how important it is to talk about the theory in the actual work. I'm not sure. I mm. understand for psychotherapy, for example, you have to have a consistent theory and you have to demonstrate that this is working and that is appropriate for that kind of suffering for the people. I understand that because we're yeah. dealing with the health of people. And with organizations, there are so many approaches. So I think it's often sometimes there's something new because it is it has to be new so ta is over 50 years old yeah way over 50 years old i guess so it's not not new anymore yeah? yes it's not the hype not the latest big thing yeah and so tell us what are you working on at the moment what's your current projects anything exciting going on you mean within the association or uh, for both as yes, a professional okay. yeah you as a professional association yeah tell us what you're working on okay so for me as a consultant, I'm working on, well, mainly getting my contracts back because mm. everything went down. But I yeah. took the opportunity to talk to my clients um, if they were willing to move online for some things, if they want to do that. So working online, doing training or doing facilitation online is very different from being in the same room. So this is more what I'm doing for myself is conceptual work. Yeah. Like, will there be a time after Corona or COVID? Will there be? We don't know. Um, so I'm working on that. And within the association, I'm vice president for professional standards in the ITAA. And we are working on the idea. And in a way, you might say that is exciting. We are working on the idea. Is it possible to have exams online? And there are, it's very controversial. And we are looking for that. So there are various reasons. The one is probably, can I afford to travel to another country and probably stick in quarantine for two weeks? We don't know what's going on yeah. in the next month and in the year. We don't know. Can I afford that? Ecologically, is it suitable to travel all over the world for TA training and then in the end TA certification? We don't know. Mm. So we are looking for the idea of what can be transferred from the on-site exam to the online exam and what needs to be transformed? Is that a different kind of certification or is it a different kind of how the process can go on? So we are exploring that. Uh, ITA was starting um, and is starting a project of having mock exams. So, you know, people who go for an exam, but it's not really an exam, they prepare yeah. for an exam. To do that online, we do that in the beginning of July. Great. So we have data to present to all the associations, ITAA as well as IATA. Is it worth to pursue or not? Yeah, so that is, I found that exciting. I find it mm. interesting to see, is that possible? Yeah. Is yeah. it possible? Yeah, mm. that's great. You strike me as quite a curious person. You like to explore new avenues. Yes, and I think exploring and understanding is my way to relate to the world. So sometimes it's more about, okay, I understand it, fine. So some people are more attracted to let's do something about it, but I like to explore. That's opportunities or different perspectives. I think that's, well, that's part of me. 
It's interesting when you say that, Thorsten, I'm thinking about the cycle of development, mm -hmm. um, about how I like to do, you know, and how maybe some of what goes on in me comes mm -hmm. from a stage on the cycle. And I'm wondering what stage on the cycle of development would exploring would be. <laughs> You're psychoanalyzing, you know. No, it's all right. <laughs> e edu educational, <laughs> educational model too. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... And probably that is why you are doing a podcast while I probably would end with, okay, it would be nice to have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's important zero. on teams, you know, to have different people on one team who have different mm. uh, drives, you know, different yeah. areas. So, uh, it's important to have mm. doers, but it's really important to have thinkers and to have beers who can sit yeah. still and think and, yeah. and reflect. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how, how you facilitate groups like that where maybe there's conflict. I think it's my job as a facilitator, as I see it, is to account for each approach from an okay position. So when people say, oh, let's go on and all that stuff, I value that they want to do something. They want to put it into practice. And I hope to invite them into the position that it's also valuable to think about it and vice versa for the other person. So can we appreciate that the other is different than I am? Can they appreciate that? Can they see what are the strengths in that approach, what the strengths are? So give them space and room to voice their concern, voice their needs and find out what is it, what they need. And then we will look for, you know, integration. I noticed actually when you filled in the questionnaire that we give to all of our guests, you talked about conflict resolution. How do you work with conflict within groups? What kind of TA theories do you work with there? I use the idea of organizational games. Yeah. So is probably the system creates the system the conditions for the conflict so actually it's not about the people yeah it's about the roads they're in and probably some contradictory goals in the organization which makes them fight so i think that is a perspective which is more suitable than just go with the idea okay they are in victim or persecutor or whatsoever because that is more it's more related to script and right. the other is more related to the structures in the organization and the dynamic in the, of the organization. And when we go with the idea that we swallow the organization and the organization swallow us, we have to take into account what are the conditions in the organization which let conflicts emerge. And, of course, the idea of okay positions, the idea of being able to distinguish between people and behavior the idea of understanding what is the psychological meaning of a social transaction. That yeah. is helpful. That's what we do and that we probably inform people about that they say something in a way which is creating resistance. But you were mentioned that conflict resolution. I'm a mediator and um, that education is based on law in Germany. So there is a structure. TA yeah. informs my approach and my attitude, but there's a structure how you do it. So if groups are in conflict, we need to find out, is it me who should solve the conflict? Am I in the position? Because we were starting with something different. Or is it a conflict for the whole group? Or is it just for you know, two people or three parties or whatsoever? And then we do a structured conflict resolution. There's, of course, degrees of freedom. Otherwise, it wouldn't be possible. But it has a structure. It's a different position. It's a different role. 
Yeah. When you do mediation, then when you say, okay, here we have two different perspectives, yeah. so bring them together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's an answer to your question. It's a great answer. <laughs> I'm just answer. wondering as well, Torsten, because you mentioned organizational games and mm -hmm. uh, it's not something I'm very familiar with. Could you explain a little bit more what you mean by organizational games? Because I'm assuming they're not a psychological game. Like I'm, I'm not thinking drama triangle. I'm wondering how you would explain what an organizational game is. Yeah, well, we can start with the drama triangle because that's a beautiful concept to understand psychological attitudes in conflict or predispositions. Organization games adds a perspective, which is a TA concept. Oswald Summerton brought it up in the 90s. And he brought in two perspectives. Who is setting this thing up? What is in the organization which let people fight? So we do not have the persecutor, the victim and the rescuer. We have the sniper, he called it, who brings up a valid point, but in a way which is probably inappropriate in the system. And also going for a simple solution, the scapegoat has to go. And then we have a position of someone in the organization who's just watching like you would watch a tennis match. So interesting what they are doing and discounting that they are part of the organization as well. The spectator has an important role in a conflict by saying, I see it differently, or I agree with you, or I agree with the other party but not saying anything contributes to the conflict and the way how the conflict can linger on. It's a great concept, underestimated, I think, in TA. Yeah. I come from it from a therapeutic frame of reference where our psychotherapy yeah. is one, and so it's about the individuals. But then when you start adding complexity, you need new theories, a different map. I agree. I agree, Matt. So the bit is when you're working with clients, of course, you have that individual perspective in what you're doing. Yeah. That makes totally sense. When you look at your own business, you might say, oh, it's probably I need a different approach. Mm. Probably mm. not extended, a different approach. What's mm. It's probably not so much about ego states, it's probably about roles. Yeah. Yes. So that is, that is my thinking here. Yeah. Is there anything else that you think that we should know about your work that's relevant for the listeners? Anything that you think is important? Um, I think... In these COVID times, it's important to think what is the nature of the change we will have in organization? Is it about going back to normal, whatever normal is? What is the new normal? Will technology yeah. save us? So for some companies, I think that's a great opportunity to modernize how they work, yeah. even if they didn't want to do that. And for some, it's probably denying that we are... I think on the threshold of a change. We know that traveling can bring a disease very quickly all over the world. So what's the next pandemic? Mm. And this one yeah. is not over yet. So this is not about me, but about that situation brings us in organizations also the opportunity to think about what kind of organization are we going to be in the next 20 years? And I'd imagine the vast majority of travel that takes place is to do with organizations. And, you know, obviously we holiday and we travel personally, but yeah, there's so much travel that takes place, like you say, because mm -hmm. of conferences or business. Mm -hmm. And there is a social responsibility there yeah. as well. And also yeah. so much unknown. It's interesting what the pandemic has done to challenge discounts in organizations. 
So my experience is that some organizations I work with have said things in the past like, we can't do remote working, we can't yeah. do remote meetings, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they can. <laughs> yes. And they're, they're saying, oh my God, John, we're not going to bring back 100% of our workforce. We're going to only bring back 70% of our mm-hmm. workforce yeah. to the office. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, okay. So it's like it took something really big and powerful to challenge yeah. the discount yeah. in a meaningful way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. In the COVID situation, the war metaphor came up, and I don't think that's totally appropriate, but I want to go with that saying, war is the father of invention. So they were forced, they were forced to trust people in the home office. And that might bring something good, and also that might bring something unexpected. Say, well, we don't want that anymore. We want just home office. Mm. Mm. and that brings it back to lots of individuals in the future are going to be working out of their front rooms or their back room with their kids around or their families Mm. and you know back to that scenario where business and leadership will need to account and manage differently it's profound what's going on right now it's profound Mm. and how do we as transactional analysts respond to that because we work with people and we talk about relationship we talk about the encounter. Well, I was, you know, I was telling you about the online exams. We're talking about the encounter in to be in a room together and talk about competence and mm. perspective and approaches and all that is, you know, the virus is in the room mm. for quite yeah. a few months, mm. probably years. Mm. Uh, very yes. likely. The virus is in the room. Fascinating, isn't it? So, Torsten, tell us, if people wanted to get hold of you and get in contact with you, how could they do that? I have a mail address, I have a phone, and I'm sure you provide all these contact details with the podcast. I'm happy if they do that. And actually, that happens a lot. So people approach me and say, I'm not sure if I want to do TA, but I need some insight. So I love to have that informal chat and see what happens. Mm. If that is helpful for people. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll put, so, yeah. put the contact details in the show notes then. Yes, yeah. I think that's yeah, I think that's what they do. Yeah. Good. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so yeah. much for your experience and sharing that with us. And again, thank you for having me. All the oh, best. Yeah. Very welcome. And we look forward to seeing you in the future with our vaccines. Free <laughs> 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 for worrying concerns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As always, if you found anything in today's episode interesting, please feel free to reach out. If you would like some more information on TA or you'd like to see some TA resources, then head over to our website, transactionalanalysispodcast.com. You can also connect with us on all major platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also email us at threepeopleinyourhead at gmail.com using the number three rather than the word. And if you haven't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and we would be really grateful if you could leave us a review. Thanks for listening.